Hi guys, welcome to Chemo Glow, where the glow doesn't define me, I define the glow. My mother used to play the song, The Battle Is Not Yours by Yolanda Adams, when my dad was dying and her heart was heavy. My guest on the podcast tonight talks about practicing for the fight before the battle. His take on his cancer journey is eye-opening. Take a listen to the podcast Before the Battle with Pastor Rick Barbara. Peace. Hi guys, welcome to Chemo Glow, where the glow doesn't define me, I define the glow. I am so excited about my guest tonight, and I know you guys always say I'm always excited. Well, guess what? I am. <laughs> so excited. I'm going to let you introduce yourself to my millions of listeners and Robin millions. Roberts. I always say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, make, that makes me nervous. <laughs> I'm lucky if I have about 30, so I'm working on the million. <laughs> hey, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. That's right. <laughs> Go ahead and introduce yourself. Well, hello, everybody. Um, thank you, Regina, for having me. I am uh, Rick Barber. Um, I have many hats that I wear, but um, but basically, I'm, I'm Rick Barber. I'm a I'm, I'm pastor of the Restoration Place. I'm the president, CEO of Cruising Against Cancer. Um, I'm also president of Feed NC now. Um, and we, well, let's let's start there. That's enough to get started with. <laughs> that is enough to get started. And guess what, guys? He will be on my live. I'm actually trying to find my calendar real quick so I can see when you will be joining me. I believe on the 28th. I have you down for the 28th, so hopefully you can make that date. That is a Wednesday at 8 o'clock. So oh, whatever yeah. we don't discuss here, we will be discussing on the 28th Okay, that's going to make me nervous. February. <laughs> I'm glad that you're nervous because I'm a little nervous too. And I know okay. you. And right, I'm nervous. Right. We've known each other for a while. For a while. For so a while. tell me right now what you're doing. What are you doing during the pandemic? Um, what's going on with you? And we'll start about the we'll talk about the other stuff in a little bit. But tell me what's okay. going on with you. The greatest thing, the greatest <laughs> thing that happened since the pandemic for me is that I retired. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. I was working at um, Fayetteville State University. I was a house manager there for Seabrook Auditorium. And so I've been there for mm, about 13 years. Wow. And so. um so I, I just retired come the 31st of December um, oh was the official goodness. last day. And so uh, I'm just in my, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to trying to get this whole thing started. Now, here, here's another thing uh-huh. um, during the pandemic, you said. Uh-huh. So um, this country was shut down on the 17th of of March. Yep. OK, well, on the 16th of March. I had surgery on the 16th. Uh-huh. So I was on convalescence for, you know, the uh, the next couple of days anyway, but then they shut the country down. So I haven't been back to work really um in my in the fullest capacity since March. So what a way to retire. What a what way. A way. What a way to go out, man. Because I mean, my last day of physically being out the home was March 16th. That's so. it. That's that's it. <laughs> That's I get it. it. I wish I was retired right now. <laughs> well, well, I'm telling you, it's 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 exciting because see, I get to do stuff like this. Yes. You know? Now, now, okay. Here's here's another one. Yes. The um, had the surgery. Yeah. And so um, I was starting school, so I was supposed to go to school on the 17th, mm-hmm. but they shut it down. So so I've I've been on Zoom or um, online. Ca- uh, on, on you know all my online classes, mm-hmm. I've been doing that since March seventeenth. So I've been in school almost a year now. Oh wow! And haven't been to a classroom. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to school for? Biblical I, studies. All right now. Bachelor, bachelor bi- biblical studies. So that's what um that's what I'm I'm excited about and uh, mm-hmm. you know so these are the kind of things that I've been doing since 
the pandemic started. So, man, look at that smile on your face. I'm, I'm telling you, you, you know, in Virginia, that's what <laughs> on, on Sunday morning. On Sunday morning, when we do our broadcast, when we uh-huh. do our broadcast because we're doing it all um, Facebook Live, mm-hmm. Zoom, you know, and now we're live streaming. Now, now we're live streaming, and so um, I, I, you sound just like me. Every yeah. Sunday morning because I am excited. I said, I'll, <laughs> all right, good morning, everybody. Listen, I'm excited to be here. And I say, you know what? I say that every Sunday morning. Every because, Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning. So, it's, I mean, I feel you when you say that you're excited. because Someone, someone told me. Enjoy, yeah. Enjoy doing. Yeah. I'm sorry. Someone told me I always go, hi, guys. And I didn't realize it until they did a a, a little uh, gag kind of reel. And mm-hmm. all I can say, hi, guys. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I can so, see why. I can see why. I am. I am. Now but you, you enjoy, have you enjoy doing what you're doing, right? I do. Um, the pandemic actually gave me a chance to um, focus on this because I started this in 2013. I told my husband wow. that I was going to do a blog or something about my glow moments, and I named it Chemo Glow because of everything that I was going through. And once you go through chemo, you have this glow about you, right. you know, that everybody knows. Oh, something is not right. She <laughs> must be sick. Just like Chadwick Baldwin, right? right. When he Didn't came know. on, everybody was like, okay. But I said, he has the glow. Like, that's what I thought. He has the glow. But I okay. don't want to put that out in the air. Out there, right. But I seen that the glow. It's it's there. But I'm wow. redefining my glow now. Just like you're redefining your glow. What are we doing after you know, right. regardless if you re- you receive chemotherapy or radiation or you had surgery, how are you defining your glow now? So I started this 2013. My husband went on and got the domain name and everything. But it wasn't until the pandemic that I started putting it out there. And I had already recorded a year's worth of stuff. Wow. Yeah. So, um Oh, that's good. I stopped working, so hey. <laughs> well, now, now, now you, now you do the work that you enjoy doing. There you go. I'm on my second season, and I can't wait because I need Robin wow. Roberts to see this podcast. Right, right. <laughs> so so you know be- what? The, the strength, the, the the crazy thing is that that's how I felt when I started cruising against cancer because she was going through her um, all of her stuff at that time, mm-hmm. and um, and I was saying. Man, if I could just connect with Robin Roberts, I mean, you know, she's got this huge platform, and um, you know, to be able to get these people on cruises after they, you know, go through their chemo or go through their radiation, or Mm -hmm. even if they're just being diagnosed and they haven't done anything yet, but nevertheless, they have an opportunity to just go and and get away for a minute. You know, get away. Just go and get away because I'm telling you, it helped me. Oh, yes. I remember that. I remember that. And and now with the pandemic, we'll talk about it a little bit later. How do we do cruising against cancer? Right. So it's definitely interesting how things are ending up. Right. But before we keep going, because we can talk forever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forever. Forever. I want to know how was your life before you were diagnosed? And then you're going to tell me, you know, what you were diagnosed with. So tell me how your life was going before you were diagnosed. Um, it was, it was everyday life, you know, Mm um, um, I had, oh, okay. Okay. All right. I had, uh, when, when you, when you live life and Mm -hmm. things start changing, yeah. You know, there's something that gives you an inkling that that things are not the same. Now, mm-hmm. you know, you can you can chalk it up to it being, you know, you're getting older. You mm-hmm. know, that was what, you know, that was back in 2011. So, you know, that was what, 10 years. Wow. That was 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Wow. wow. That was 10 years ago. OK, so so, you know, now I'm 54. OK, uh-huh. so now I'm 54 and I'm saying, OK, well, you know, 54, you can expect some stuff. Yeah. But then when I started seeing these signs that I'm like, wait, wait a minute, that's strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, wait a minute. I, I, I might want, I might want to do something about that. There, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so anyway, I was, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Okay. So of course there, you know, um, you, you've got, you've got the sexuality part that you're having problems with, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you may see some blood somewhere, mm-hmm. um, you know, just just those kind of things. And so, you know, I, I've always been the kind that if something goes wrong, I don't wait. 
you know, that's I've a good always, thing. I've always had my my annual checkups and that kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. especially being in the military. You know, being prior military, you, you you would have to go and get your annual physical. Yeah. Okay. You go you go and do that, and so you know, wasn't no big deal. So I was used to doing that, but this time, you know, when I went and you know, I told my um, told my doctor about it, then started running tests. Yeah. So so once the tests started coming back, and you know they're going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, you know, to try to find these things out. And then finally, you know, the diagnosis comes. But here's the, the great thing for me during that time. Mm-hmm. Because God had already, and, and I, I got to go there because that's mm-hmm. my life. I got to yes. go there. Because God had already allowed me to understand what it means um, and give me the un- give me the understanding of um, being in battle mm-hmm. and being in practice. Okay, okay. So so what happens? I mean, because mm-hmm. I'm prior military, you know, you get, you know, you understand about the exercises. You know, mm-hmm. you have that. You they prepare you for battle. Yes. They prepare you for battle. You, you it may not be a wartime. It may not be wartime, but they don't wait until wartime to train you for wartime. Exactly. They train you during times of peace so that when the battle comes, you'll know what to do. Mm-hmm. You won't panic. I mean, you know, you, you'll know what to do. So I, I related that to the spiritual concept of where I am. You know, the, 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 you know, don't wait until the battle is over. You know, you know, you, you got to praise God now. Yes. You know, you know that there's a battle that's coming. Yes. And so um, so when it came, it was OK. So now I got to put everything that I learned into practice now into it's practice. time now it's time okay so you weren't one of those that said i'm just gonna you know no no news is good news i'll just wait and see no no i faced the battle i mean mm-hmm. but but see here's the thing it was like i truthfully it was like i faced the battle from afar because i put god in front you know i said hey you know it's, it's on you hey you said that you would fight my battle. You said, you said by, mm-hmm. by my stripes, you said that you can speak into existence. You said that you are my heel. You said, so I just reminded of what he already told me. And so, and so it wasn't, and, and this is, this is what I, I try to, to, to say to so many people that I didn't get the fear factor. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's just the truth. I didn't get scared, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, Lord, my mama done died of, of cancer. My daddy done died. My grandmama done died. My uncle mm-hmm. done, because all that's true. Yes. All of that, all of that is true. But years and years ago, I thought that I was going to die at 35. It had nothing to do with cancer. I mm-hmm. thought that I would not live past 35. Wow. That was, that was that was just in my brain. That was life. That was yeah, that was that was just my life. Yeah. But here's the thing. At 35 is when I recommitted my life to Christ. So I did die. Oh. Wow. It was a, it was a spiritual re- reawakening, re 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 a resurfacing of what God has already placed inside of me. It was a resurrection of mm-hmm. what God had done for me. That old things as I, as when I was a child, spoke as a child. But now that I'm a man, I put away childish things. Mm-hmm. And so all of those things, I was I was renewed. I had a new birth. Yep, mm-hmm. old things died away. So at 35 was when my life changed. And I never went back to that. Never went back. And at 44, when you were diagnosed, 51. it wasn't a... F- I mean, 54. 54. 54, excuse me. At 54, when you were diagnosed, um, how was your family life? What what was going on? Tell us if you're married, if you have kids, because our audience don't know, but I know. Oh, yeah, so yeah, 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 tell me a yeah. little bit about that. Well, um, I was married, or I am married. Mm-hmm. I'm married. Um, and this was you know, my current wife was my second wife. But the thing is that she was my first girlfriend. Oh, wow. We met when we were in the fifth grade. So we went through junior. We went through elementary school, uh-huh. junior high and high school together. Okay. So, you know, we were, we were, we were, you know, we were pretty close. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but life happens. Yeah. And so she went her way. I went my way, you know, and that kind of thing. But then, you know, um, in 1993 
is when her and I, we, we married, you know, because we were always good friends. Yeah. When I would go away, you know, I was in the military. So when I would go away and, um, you know, live my life and then come home to visit or whatever, I had to go and see her. You know, she was it because she was always she was always there. Her, uh-huh. her mom, you know, and her family that, you know, we were just all always good friends. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, um, I got a divorce, you know, from my first wife. And then um, and then we we hooked up. So my um, during that time, you know, um, of my diagnosis, everything was good. I mean, you know, we, we good. You know, everything mm-hmm. was I mean, we live in life, you know. Mm-hmm. Between us, we have five children, uh-huh. um, 15 grandchildren, um, and uh, one great-grand right now. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Yeah, and that's that's the king. We'll, I, I'm going to show you a picture of the king. <laughs> I know. Uh, I see all the lovely pictures behind you. I yeah. love that. Yeah, that's my, my granddaughter, the one, uh, let's see, the one right there, the black and white one. That's, uh-huh. me, that's me and my granddaughter. That's, that's the mother of the great-grandbaby. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah. Look at that! I yeah. love so, that picture. Yeah, so 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 that's that's my exciting granddaughter. She lives in uh, in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, okay. So you have somewhere else you can go. Oh yeah, I got a lot of places to go. I've got a son that's in. Um, I have a son that lives out in um, Oklahoma. Uh huh. I have another daughter that lives up in the D.C. area. Hmm. Um, my other son, he's here in in Hope Mills, or another daughter in. Um, Rayford. Okay. Um, so, you know, basically, uh, yeah, I, I, can, I can make some moves. Oh, and the sun down in Dallas. So, so you definitely can make some moves. Oh, we can make some moves. Now. <laughs> we, we can go somewhere. We ain't got to stay here. <laughs> Isn't that a beautiful thing? Because you're it what? Is. Retired. Re- <laughs> retired. And everything is online. So long as you have internet, you're good, good to go. go. We're good to go. <laughs> I, I mean, we did. A, um, I did um, one of my Sunday morning broadcasts from uh, Myrtle Beach. You know, I was like, go. "Hey, we good. We, we good. good. Yeah, we can pick up and go." I've been telling my husband that I was like, "Look, as long as I got internet, I can work. I can we make can it work. happen." <laughs> you know, pack we up the girls. Work. Let's go. Pack up the dog. Let's go. Let's go. Let's everybody, let's go. Everybody, everybody, uh, get your stuff. <laughs> get your stuff. Meet get me at stuff. the door. That's it. <laughs> so, how did you tell your wife? Or was she with you when you um, received the diagnosis? No, she wasn't with me when I when I got the diagnosis. Um, I, I went to the Durham VA when I actually got the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And so they had, um, you know, I, I was here in Fayetteville and they ran some tests. They did all the stuff that they did. And then they said, well, we want to refer you up to the Durham VA. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I went up there and they did what they did. And... Um, yeah, that's when I got the diagnosis. But but my son was there. Your son so, was there. Yeah, my son was there. And okay. Then, and that was that was good. You know, that was good. And you know, he was <laughs> he was more upset than I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dad, dad. Um, all right. So you know, so he's in there and he's just asking all these questions. You mm-hmm. know. So I, I let him go and see. Here, here's the great thing. Mm-hmm. The great thing is that everybody doesn't have that. You know, Say everybody doesn't have their children that they can um, rely on, depend on, be there for them. Yeah. So yeah. Everybody doesn't have that. No, every, every, no, everybody doesn't have it. So it's like um, that's that's truly a blessing, you know, to be able to have children that, first of all, know where you are, mm-hmm. know what you're about. Yes. And 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 able to say that I can get my hands on my dad, you know, whenever they want to. They may not want to, but they know where I'm at. <laughs> they know where you're at. They know and where they can I call am on you. Right. And, and you can call on them. And the, Right. Right. When I was um, receiving treatment at UNC, um, my husband was there all the time. Mm-hmm. So when I finally convinced him to let me go by myself, um, it was after radiation. Um, I was taking her septin, and I was just like, "Look, I'm I'm fine. Can I go?" When I walked in, they said, "Where's your husband?" I said, right. "What? <laughs> I'm the one getting poisoned here. What in the world? Where's your husband at? Like, okay, I'm the one right. receiving treatment. Right. But I also seen when I was going there the people who had 
no one sitting beside him for whatever reason. Like, right. you know, for whatever reason. And then I heard some of the horror stories at support groups about, you know, um, women coming home from treatment and their husband had packed up the whole house and was gone. Oh, and wow. I remember when I heard the woman speak of this, I went to somewhere and she was speaking and I was like, oh, wow. And it made me want to give back. And I I decided to be a lay navigator at UNC. So when someone didn't have somebody, I was at somebody, whether it was to take a note, walk you down to the resource center, point you to different directions. Just having that person there with you right. was so important for me. So I know how important, and I can hear it in your voice and see it in your face, it was for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's important to have, have, you know, have someone there with you. Um, at, at, you know, that was doing a diagnosis. Now, my son was living up in Durham at the time. He was living mm-hmm. in Durham, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, because um, I, my radiation treatments were Monday through Friday. Um, and so I had 20, 26 treatments. Mm-hmm. So that meant that I stayed there for the week. Yeah. You know, you know so, um, you know, the VA paid for it. So I'm good. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, they, you know, they put me up in a hotel. So um, I, I stayed there. You know, my meals were taken care of. I'm like, OK, I'm good. You know, this wow. is like vacation. You know what I'm saying? So um, so I, I I was there and my son would would, would come over and, and, you know, go to the house you know, for dinner sometimes, not, not every night. I didn't want to wear my welcome out, mm-hmm. but um, I got time to spend with my, with my grandkids, yeah. you know, and they were, you know, much younger then. So um, they went, they went, um, my, my son, I think they went on a, um, they were going for a weekend. Mm-hmm. No, no, they were going like Thursday and Friday mm-hmm. and they would be back on like Friday afternoon, mm-hmm. uh, Friday, Friday, Friday afternoon. So um, they left Wednesday. And so I stayed at the house with them, you know, and man, we, wow. had, we had a good one. <laughs> Cause first of all, you know, mom and dad was gone. So, you know, yeah. we were more like whatever. Payback. What do you <laughs> want? How much sugar? Yeah. Where we going? <laughs> yeah, what, what we going to do? What we going to do? You know? And so, um, you know, so we had an opportunity to really spend some time together. And so. um, So during the time that you're receiving treatment, you're having time to bond, not just with your son, but your son's family, your family, your grandkids. Mm -hmm. So in a space where, you know, negativity can creep in or fear can creep in or doubt can creep in, you were still surrounded, even though you were in a separate city with family. With family, yeah, yeah, isn't that amazing how God can work stuff out? Oh my goodness, that is because I remember when you said you were in Durham. We talked once or twice during that time, and you was like, "Yeah, my family's up here." I was like, "Well, great." Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm good. It was all good. It was was all good. good. It was all good. How did your wife? What's your wife's name again? Van Vandal. How did Miss Vandalin take it when you had to tell her? Were you in front of her over the phone or? No, I was. Um, I had to come back home. Mm-hmm. She, she was working. She was working, and she wasn't able to get off work. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, I'm like, go work. You know, yeah. I'm good. You know, I'm good. Uh-huh. And really, I mean, it's like I don't know why God gave me this sense of peace during the whole thing. Wow. He He gave me a sense of peace during the whole thing. It was like not. Okay, what I found out about how God deals with me, (laughs) it's like some of the most traumatic times, it's like all good. Mm -hmm. It's like like I can relax. Um, For instance, um, there was, you know, (laughs) it almost drowned three times, right? Oh, wow. (laughs) I'm going to need you to stay out of water. So, so (laughs) obviously, I can't swim. But... um, (laughs) But each time that that something like that happened, it wasn't a. You didn't panic. Panic, right? It wasn't a panic. And some of the things that I've I've experienced in my life have always been when, um, where it could have been a panic. Mm-hmm. He just gives me this, you know, the sense of peace. Um, you know, when I went down to basic training, I got in more trouble for laughing. <laughs> I got in more trouble for laughing 
than anything else. Than you anything know. else. How, I mean, long, you know, how long did you serve in, in the Army? 13, 13 years. 13 years. Goodness. 13 years. And um, so I'm in, I remember, you know, I'm in basic training and um, something had happened with one of the other airmen. And the, um, the, the drill instructor was all up in his face. And so I'm standing there and I, I just couldn't hold it anymore. And I just busted out laughing. And of course he came over to me. <laughs> oh, oh, it's funny. This is funny. This is funny. And, and I'm the whole time while he's talking to me, I got this, you know, this smile on my face. And um, so, of course, you know, I got some demerit for it. But, uh, <laughs> but it was like, hey, this I'm good. It ain't that serious, man. Yeah, it's not that serious. <laughs> and I've known you for a while, and that's how I see you. It's it's really not that serious. It's not serious. Not that it really isn't. You know, and people make things so so hard, and it doesn't it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. It's real. You know, and that's what I say about employers. They mm-hmm. make the job so hard, and it doesn't have to, have be. to be. It doesn't have to be people in their marriages. It doesn't have to be. Nothing is, I mean, I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. Y'all can work it out. It's not that serious. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, it really, it is, but it isn't. It's just how you handle it. Yeah. How come we can't, how come we can't talk about why we got to argue about it? Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Why, why do we have to argue about it? You know, it. aren't we supposed to be able to work stuff out? I mean. I mean, everybody has their moments, but how can we get through this without having to repeat the same thing? Because then we're going to drive ourselves crazy, whether it's work, home, family, you know. You know my family. Yeah, so. yeah, oh, you're, yeah, 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 I know you. <laughs> you know the Fedville crew. Yeah, yeah. So. All of them. Oh, every last one of them. Every so last one of them. Can't keep going. We got to figure this thing out. Yeah, so you were in the Army 13 years. You Air worked Force. for Air Force. Air Force. Excuse uh-huh. me. Don't let me yeah. get that mistake. Yeah, don't, 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 don't ever. <laughs> Ever. So 13 years in the Air Force. Right. 13 years working. And you've been married for 28 years. Yeah, but my first marriage, I was married for 13 years. (laughs) (laughs) And you retired from everything. (laughs) And and listen, listen, I was at my last uh, at Insul. Uh huh. 13 years. 13 years. Yeah, it's something about it's something about that 13 in my life, you know. Oh, oh, that's the last two digits of my social security <laughs> number. <laughs> it's like, I'm done at 13. Yeah, I, 13, I, where is it? I, I, don't, I don't know what that is. But, <laughs> I know, man yeah. was like, look, we at 13. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are we going to do that? What are we going to do now? <laughs> something anyway, about though, that okay, number. But you always move on to better things after 13, right? Obviously. Yeah, obviously, obviously I mean, you're things. always moving on. Now, you were talking about your treatment. What did your treatment consist of? Um, 26, 26 treatments of radiation. Okay. All right. 26 treatments of radiation. And uh, um, you, I, I don't know whether anybody uh, for, for, for prostate cancer, mm-hmm. you know, they, um, they do the parameters. They set the parameter. And mm-hmm. so your bladder has got to be full of water, you know, so you have to, really? you know, yeah, it has to be full of water. And, um, and so then they, um, you know, you, you've got to be almost on the brink of really having to go to the bathroom. So, um, so you're full of water and then they, they take the, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, the machine, I don't even mm-hmm. know what it's called, the radiation machine or whatever. And, um, <clears throat> Because, I, I, again, you know how people, and, and you probably know that, all the terminology of everything that they've done and all that. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? I ain't know none of that. I go there. I go there. They tell me, what, okay, yep, this is what we're going to do. I, I do <laughs> Be back. Yep, they, I always <laughs> say, ask my husband what I went through. I can't tell you how many rounds I had. I just know in November and December, they were like, it's Christmas time. It's, and I was like, no, I still want it. And it was like, this is the only day you're going to have off. Take it. <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, going through, having a full bladder. Yeah. Um, they're talking to you. How long did radiation last? Like, um, like as far as like when I got on the table, it was, you know, okay. they were like 15 minutes in the door. Yeah. You're in and yeah, out. Yeah, so yeah, how yeah, long? Yeah. So was actually it? on the table was um, 
was 18 minutes. Mm. 18 minutes. So, okay. uh, I mean, but you know, it was cool, you know, um, you know, the table move and then you hear the, 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 um, actual ra- radiation machine, you know, mm-hmm. with, with readjusting, you can hear, you know, readjusting and that kind of thing. And, um, but, um, the, the whole time it was all fascinating to me, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I'm laying on the table, you know, they playing some good music, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm, I'm good. So they, yeah, you know, they, they asked come, you too what what music what, you what want. kind of music do you like right yep. and I say hey man you know you know give give me some well, well at the time I was asking them for stuff like um classic rock stuff so oh wow I, yeah yeah you know you know like Eagles and stuff yeah. like that so I would listen to that and they said well you want to hear today I give me some smooth jazz or whatever the case is and um so it was it was all good. So, I mean, you know, they say, well, you can come in at one o'clock in the afternoon. You like sleep. No, 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 no. Give me that eight o'clock. Seven. Give, yep. 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 Give me that first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that gives me the rest of my day. Because I used to do radiation, jump on the road and drive two and a half hours to work because I was. What? Remember when I was diagnosed, I was planning it. A, a, a wedding. I lived right. in a different city than my husband. My job was still in Charlotte. So by radiation time, I was reporting to work just once a week physically, but I would jump in the car and head on to Charlotte um, and sometimes drive back or sometimes stay over um, during the time of radiation. And I remember a song that played on the radio um, well, not on the radio when I was on the table. It was Kenny Rogers, I think. Mm-hmm. Does he sing? You got to know when to hold him. Know, know when to fold him. Know when to fold him. Man, that was my theme song. So I said, can you play Kenny Rogers? And they looking at me like, are you serious? I was like, that's my theme song to drive to Charlotte. <laughs> right. Right. Because I got to know when to hold them. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know yeah, when absolutely. to fold them. Know when absolutely. to walk away. Right. Absolutely. And so that's, I'll, that's good. And, is that you find that comfort in the most craziest times. Right. And for me, like people like radiation, you listen to music and you got to sit still. So you, you can't got, bob your head. Nope. So you got to take everything in at that time. You've got so, to sit still. That's exactly right. Did you have any side effects from your radiation treatment? Um. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> listen. <laughs> <laughs> Please share. Please share. Okay, I will. This is this is the one. I will never forget this one. <laughs> okay, I'm in the dollar store. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, you you know, the dollar store is normally cool. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm standing up there at the register, and all of a sudden, I broke out in this sweat. I said, "Dad, gonna y'all have the air on in here?" I said, "It's burning." Up in there. I mean, it, I mean, I was over the top with it because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm drenched. Yeah, know? glasses probably fogging up and they, everything. Right, right. And they, they look at me like, well, <laughs> you all right? <laughs> so, so, um, it went away. But now it's starting to happen all over. You know, it's starting mm-hmm. to happen all the time. So I told my doctor about. It. He said, "Oh yeah, I meant I meant to tell you that. <laughs> about the hot flashes. About the hot flashes, <laughs> and that's why I don't get mad when mm-hmm. women start talking about hot flashes. Now I, I understand. Yes, I understand. You know because hey, listen, as quiet as it's kept, <laughs> my wife be going through that right. And so <laughs> so I don't never I don't never say nothing because it's hot this minute and it's cold because, the next. So yep. I just I just put a hat on. <laughs> I put my robe on, I put my sweats on, put my socks on, and we good. It's like, so you she, good, you adjust. I, I, just, I just adjust because, see, I understand. See, I they they helped me with mine with medication. Mm-hmm. The flushing, they, they, or flashing, whatever they call it. Yeah. And, and um, but she can't, ain't no, ain't no medication <laughs> Let for me that. tell you, I was in a training one time. And because I was diagnosed at 36 and I was having hot flashes before 40 because of chemo and all the treatment, my glasses fogged up. And somebody was like, ma'am, are you all right? And I'm trying to train (laughs) through the fog. And finally, I was like, look, I am having a personal summer. And it was like, you too young. I was like, well, cancer didn't care how old I was when it tapped me on my shoulder. So... (laughs) 
right. <laughs> tapped me on my shoulder. Oh, so, so that having the hot flashes, um, for me, I had breakage of skin, but I don't think you experienced anything like that. No. Um, you know, the whole, you know, bathroom thing, you know, getting up, going to the bathroom, getting up, mm-hmm. going to the bathroom, getting up, going. That was one of the other um, signs, mm-hmm. you know, about oh. how often, because I, I wasn't sleeping at night because of, you know, my frequency. Okay. And, um, and so, you know, I was like, this does not make any sense. Mm-mm. You know, nope. so all of those, all of those things were, um, were symptoms. And, um, you know, now, I mean, again, you know, there is life that life after cancer, there is yeah. life after cancer, you know, well, what you do after, you know, you, you, you went through treatment, you had time to bond with your family. Now you're back at home. Cause it seems like, you know, like the world doesn't stop. No. So when you come back, people are still doing their thing. And yes, you have a moment of going through treatment, getting your life together, dealing with the side effects of it. Um, No matter for me, no matter how strong I was in that given situation, I still had my moments. Right. So how did you deal with those moments when you had them and you realize, okay, I'm having this moment. How do I deal with it? Did you have a support group? Did you talk to anyone? What did you do? How did you deal with your moments? Well, well, my support group was basically my folks at church. Mm-hmm. You know, um, um, you know, everybody knew what I was going through. But um, one of my worst moments, because I'm very, very active, mm-hmm. and and I won't never, I won't ever forget this moment, mm-hmm. um, because it lets it let me know, you know, who's there for you. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And so I went back to work. You know, I had my convalescence. I went back to work. And, um, but because I was so active, you know, I'm expecting, you know, I'm, I can just do whatever, you know, I, you know, I picking stuff up, running up the steps, you know, never took the elevator, you know, always, you know, all of those kind mm-hmm. of things, you know, you know, because we did, um, stage productions and prepared for stage productions, you know, a lot of times I didn't even take the stairs to get on the stage. I would, you know, walk down and jump on the stage mm-hmm. just to be active. You know what I'm I've saying? I've seen you do yeah. that before. <laughs> you just, where he come from? <laughs> That's that, that was my way. That was my that would be my way of exercise because I don't go to the gym and all that. Mm-hmm. So I utilize, you know, just opportunities, you know, park way from, you know, from the front door at Walmart instead of parking real close, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm at work and um, this one particular day we were moving some stuff out. Mm-hmm. Just move, just, you know, just, just a normal day and just moving some stuff out. And. I couldn't do it no more. I was done. I mean, I was actually exhausted Mm. and we were just getting started. And so, you know, my, my, my right hand man, Terrell, he was there with me. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we known each other. We just figured out the other day. We've known each other for 20 years. We've been working, we've been working together for 20 years. And, um, and we still and we still working together. He does all my podcasts, and I mean, I podcast, but my Sunday mornings and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, he was there. He said, "Man, you all right?" I said, "Man, I can't, I can't, I can't do it, man. I can't mm-hmm. do it." He said, "Well, sit down. <laughs> you know, just sit <laughs> something down. He so said, simple, you. right?" I got you. Sit down, man. Just sit down. I said, "Man," I he said, "Rick, sit down." Mm-hmm. So I sat down and. I mean, I really, I mean, just to be honest and be out there, I cried because yeah. I'm saying, so now that, okay, okay, now that I'm thinking about it, it was at that moment I said, is, is it going to always, to myself and I'm asking God, I said, is it going to always, always be, like be like this, this. now? Is this mm-hmm. my, is this, is this life now? Mm-hmm. That was the only time I asked that question. Man. That was the only time I asked that question. <laughs> and I heard him, I heard God say to me at that point, it says, it's not going to be this way always. Won't be this way always. I I remember not being able to walk up a flight of stairs or right. take a step. Like, I couldn't take a step. It took everything in me to walk from, get out my bed and go use the bathroom. Right. And then, even then, I had to take a moment. So, I get that. And I used to be like, this cannot. I cannot I be feeling. I, I used to feel like I was 90 years old. Right. And I was like, I'm not there yet. So... 
that's when exercise was introduced. And I was, I don't care if I exercise for two seconds. It was the thought of movement. Yeah. And we just did a, um, we just did a, a live, a chemo go live healing through exercise. Okay. And it was talking about the mindfulness, not just exercise, but being mindful. Right. And your spirituality and all that stuff plays into that. So it that does. one time when you thought about that, and that's when you're reminded what you've been through, right? Because some days I'm like, oh, I'm good. But there'll be a subtle reminder because of something. Right. You know, whether it's scars, whether it's, you know, being a little fatigued, there's something that will remind me of that. But I just keep pushing forward. Yep. Just keep going. Just keep, just going. keep going. You know, because some folks have a tendency to just roll over and just accept just mm-hmm. accept that this is, you know, a defeat. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not taking the L. Not like that. I ain't You're gonna, not taking the L. Out. I'm not taking it. I'm not mm-hmm. taking no. Because, you know, God God is able to restore you, mm-hmm. you know, if you allow him. If you turn things over to him and allow him to, to, to do these things in your life for you. N- nope. You can't do it all by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the one, of the one things that... that um, I never stopped attending and, mm-hmm. and communicating with my church family, mm-hmm. you know, because I had stuff I had stuff to do, you had know, stuff to do, people to see, a life to live, time to retire. Right, you had all those things to do, and then you started your organization. Now, tell then us started, a little bit about that. Yeah, um, cruising against cancer. It was while <laughs> when I started it. I had never been on a cruise. Never been on a cruise. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't even, I was like, how you going to do this and you never been on I've a cruise? I've never been on a cruise. I've uh-huh. always wanted to go on a cruise, though. Mm-hmm. Always wanted to go on a cruise. And so when um, when it came to me, you know, about doing cruising against cancer, mm-hmm. um, it, was, it, was at, it, it was at a time that it was important for you to understand how to spend time with people that you care about Mm-hmm. People that you love, though you know, making making memories, mm-hmm. making memories, and so um, it came. You know, it, it it came to me to start this organization, and I did. And um, so, after my treatments were were over, diagnosed in two thousand and eleven, treated in two thousand and twelve, and the first cruise that we went on was in two thousand and thirteen. Oh, you were moving. Yeah, you yeah. were cruising. Yeah, two thousand and thirteen. Mm, 13 that 13 keeps coming i'm telling you it's always a start of a new it's not an ending i'm finding this out with you so so, um so i I, you know we started and we had for the first cruise i think we had like um 10 people to go with us Mm -hmm. it was about 10 about 10 people to go with us and um but the, the 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 um the goal behind cruising against cancer is not just for us. We want to be able to raise funds to send people on cruises. So, mm-hmm. so, so here, here is the way it's supposed to go. <laughs> it's supposed okay. to go like this right here. <laughs> um, when a person applies for for these cruises, then what they are supposed to, what's supposed to happen is we're supposed to go pick them up from their home, mm-hmm. take them to whatever that mode of transportation is to get them there. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they're chauffeur to um, sh- um, to um, South Carolina mm-hmm. or whether they're going to Florida or whatever, and they get there. Um, they they get their room. Everything is paid for. Wow. They get some you know get some extra stuff. Mm-hmm. You know when they get into the room, you know they've got the the chocolate covered fruit or they got the, either some champagne or sparkling cider or whatever <laughs> it is that that they like. And then we you know after the cruise is over, they come back home. And um, we chauffeur them back to the house. Oh, so wow. all expenses paid. That's what it's supposed to be. The challenge has been the whole time is just raising funds. Yeah. You know, raising I mean, it's it just it's just one of those things because the cruises are not cheap. No. <laughs> they're, they're not they're not cheap. So we've been having that that trouble. But I'm the de- I, I am so determined to be able to send people on these cruises. So, so what are you going to do now with the pandemic? Well, we're finding out now that, of course, you know, nobody, nobody's cruising. Yeah. Now, you know, so it's pretty much shut down. But um, 
we were looking at possibly just sending people on just a vacation. Yeah. You know, because people are still, hey, listen, just because that there's a pandemic doesn't mean that people stop having cancer. That's right. Like like I tell you, cancer tapped me on my shoulder when I was uh, planning a wedding. All right. And when I and the, they don't care nothing about your plan. Don't care nothing about your plans. <laughs> stop making them. Because they'll right. care nothing about it or be prepared for them to be interrupted. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because right. Right. I still remember the last thing that we did as far as like wedding planning. We had just met the photographer. Okay. And we made our down payment. We had lunch with the photographer and we're sitting there talking. We're talking about where we're going. And I had to call. He was one of the vendors. I had to call. And he was like, here you go. You can have it back. Because it was non-refundable. Right. Yeah, so like again, they don't care what you're doing. Don't doesn't care nope. whatsoever. And just because we have a pandemic, people are still needing that outlet, still needing that support, still needing something or someone during this time. That's right. So, so just because the pandemic is going on, you got to look in a different avenue. What can we do if we're not cruising? We can cruise our way to having a spa day or having a weekend away because people are still getting away in a safe, in a, in safe, a, sa- in a safe manner. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So so you're absolutely right. And that's what um, we're, we're looking at doing some revamping, mm-hmm. um, as a matter of fact, because everything's been on hold. Yeah. And um, actually, it's been on hold for... Um, um, probably a couple of years now because mm-hmm. um, of several things. One is that you want to surround, when you're doing something like that, you want to surround yourself with people that are, um, that have like minds and mm-hmm. like hearts. Yeah. You know, like minds, like and, minds like and like hearts. hearts both you of know, those. Yep. Yeah, you got to have them both because mm-hmm. you're dealing with people that are going through something. Mm-hmm. And so you, it, it, it's, this is not about money. It's yeah. not about it. This is a, a providing a service to somebody that's in need. And it will take your time because yeah. that's what I need oh. is your time. Oh, it takes, man. Yeah. And yeah. see, in order to be, you know, for it to be done right. Yeah. You got to coordinate it. You have to monitor it. And you got to follow up and then look at the outcome. Was it beneficial? What can we do different? Right. How did it actually help the person or did it harm that person? And when I mean harm, maybe it wasn't the right time. Maybe we now need to get a doctor's note. Maybe they need to be six months out for treatment. Like people don't understand when you're trying to do all these things through Christ Jesus, it's not always easy. So like, no, it's not, it's like not always easy. And you have to be, you have to be diligent. Mm-hmm. You have to be, you, you, you have to be caring. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have to be aware of what's out there, you know, so. Um, I mean, that was one of the things when we, when we began to set this up, we had to think about that those same questions that you had, whether, you know, um, 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 having somebody we wanted to have a doctor actually on the board mm-hmm. yeah. you know, to 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 go through and um, think of things from a medical standpoint that we hadn't even thought about. Yeah, you exactly. Um, I mean, so it's so it's just so many different things um, that um, we, we have to put into place. And so it, it's like this for me. It's like, I don't want to rush into it. You know, mm-hmm. where I rushed into it before to get it started because I was so excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to take a step back, mm-hmm. you know, and just say, okay, all right, if we're going to do this, mm-hmm. you know, then we've got to, we've got to do it right. And there's a lot of things that need to be considered, you know, yeah. to put these things in place. So, Well, you are now working on another project that I is am. helping so many people. Tell us about that. Um, it's called Feed NC Now, Feed North Carolina right now. Like, <laughs> we, I mean, cause the, not now, we, but right, right, right now. now. <laughs> right now. We, I mean, people, you know, that have, have lost their jobs because of the pandemic and, mm-hmm. you know, um, for whatever reason, they just don't have the income. They need food. You know, mm-hmm. they, they just need food. So we started this back in, um, <laughs> we started this back in, um, like four years ago. Mm-hmm about four years ago, where um, the men of our church, the Restoration Place, um, wanted I wanted to pull men together uh-huh. um, because, you know, a lot of times when you go to churches, you'll see, you know, like 85% women, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've always said that in our ministry that the ministry should not ride on the backs of our women because women's backs are not made for that, mm-hmm. you know, not made to carry the load. So um, I started you know, getting men together and, you know, men, they're prideful, 
They don't want to talk about, you know, some of these, some of these, even the, some of the things that we talked about. Tonight, yeah. They don't, they don't really want to talk about that. I got it. I'm a man. I got it. I I'm got, good. I got I'm this. Good. Yeah, I'm good. And, and, and all the time, you know, they're dying on the inside. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so we started to be, and, and here's another thing that I found out that men will come together to do something. Yes. Physically do something. To do something. They mm-hmm. want to feel a sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they want to see a start and they want to see a finish. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, so we started on the Mer- Merkson Road area of Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. We started um, going out there and, and cooking hot dogs and hamburgers once a month and just giving giving these meals away. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it turned out real well. You know, we're doing a hundred and some people per. So wait, per wait, back up, back up. So mm-hmm. you, what are you physically doing? You are cooking meals. No, that's how okay. it started. Okay, tell me about that. That's Again. how it started. So, All right. So, um, so we coming together, the men coming together, and we cooking mm-hmm. hot dogs, hamburgers, baked beans. Um, what else were we giving away? Um, chips, water, mm-hmm. um, that kind of stuff. So, okay. And we packaged that up, and, and you know, people were really happy about doing that. And so we were doing that once a month. And so we did that for um, two and a half, almost three years. Then the pandemic hit. Mm. And so once the pandemic hit, and, and our goal was always, um, you know, 2018, we said, you know, that was that was the name. And that was what our title was. Feed Fayetteville 2018. 2018 families we wanted to feed. Yeah. Okay. In 2019, it went up to Feed Fayetteville 2019. Yeah. We wanted to feed 2019 people. Well, in 2020, we had feed, and we, we just knew that this was going to be the year. This was going to be awesome. You uh-huh. know? So Feed Fayetteville 2020. Yeah, this is going to be great. And then all of a sudden, the pandemic hit, and we had to shut it down. And so we had, I mean, you know, the first couple of years, we were right at a th- 800, 900 people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but when the pandemic hit, we had only served like 200 and some people. Because wow. we did February, January and February. February, yeah. March, we didn't do anything. So March, April, May, June. July, August, we came back together in September. But when we came back together in September, I got connected with a guy at the first Second Harvest Food Bank. Mm-hmm. And and we we hit it off, you know. Yeah. And so I was telling him what the what what was going on. And he was pretty much just getting started with mm-hmm. Second Harvest and and um so he's the he's he's the director there. Mm-hmm. So um, so we're talking, but the way that it really worked out for all of us was that he had the program, but he didn't have volunteers or places. Yeah. I had access to the volunteers and the places, but didn't have the program. I didn't have, I didn't have the food. Yeah. So, so we connected. So in 2020, we wound up serving from September, October, November, and December. We wound up serving... 7,000 families, 25,000 people. Oh, my goodness. And you're still serving them now. We got our our next serving is this Saturday Mm -hmm. at at, um, Smith Recreation Center here in Fayetteville. So um, we did done in January and we did uh, where where, where, oh, we did December. So we did done Mm -hmm. just last the week before last. Okay. So how do people donate or volunteer their time? Where can they find this information? They can go to Feed NC Now. Mm-hmm. Feed, Feed NC Now. Guys, you hear Feed about- NC Now. And um and we have an app. We have an app that lets everybody know about um about all the feedings that not only are we doing, but Second Harvest is doing as well. So um so they can go to any of these locations. We'll be out in Clinton. We're going to be in uh, Spring Lake. We're, okay. going, we're going to be in Dunn. We'd be back here in Fayetteville. Um, we'd be, we're going to be in St. Paul's. So, oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, right. So we've got, <laughs> we're, we're moving right along. St. Paul, Spring Lake, Dunn, Clayton, back to Fayetteville. Those are some amazing places to go because, you know, the 
the underserved are in those areas. In those areas, that's right. All right. And we need to make sure that, you know, no one's forgotten during this pandem- pandemic. That's right. It's um, it's not ending anytime soon. Nope. At least the effects of it, it's going to still live on in the next couple of years. So people who have lost their jobs or their jobs are not coming back. Because one of the things the pandemic did show is that, do we really need all these restaurants? Do we really need right. all this stuff? Are we able to purchase stuff and have it at our front door? Like, Fayetteville has a Walmart on every corner. I'm sure it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> there is a restaurant. Every, you can throw a rock that's right. everywhere. But the mom and pop shops that we used to love to go through, go to, they're not going to be there anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. So, yeah, that's that's the sad part. Yeah. That those are the ones that's really affected by this. Yes. You know? And so here's the thing. What do we do for them? Yes. You know, how, how can we how can we help them? How can we assist them? Because they just lost some income. Yeah. And their know? livelihood and what they've known all these years. Right. Right. So that really does affect like it affects the community. But I'm so glad that you are doing so many things. Rick, this has been an amazing, amazing podcast. I'm not done yet. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm over here and I think I have the name of the podcast already. Um, yeah, I think I do. I think I do. You said it in the first five minutes. And so I'm going to tell you what it is after we finish and get your approval. But you said it in the first five minutes. And I was like, there it is. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. Wonderful. So what would you like to say to the men out there who are listening about taking care of and taking that first step if they see something? wrong if they notice something different and don't just say it's just aged or just this how do you encourage them what would you say man go do something about it what else can you say I I know right I mean really I mean that's the bottom line you know you can't put it any better I mean man man up you know and find out what it, find out what the problem is. What are you afraid of? Yes. Why are men? Okay, 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 okay. All right. Let me step back. Step back. I'll step back. Sometimes. Yeah, this would be, this, this would be a fair statement. Sometimes they don't want to go because they don't have the resources. This is true. Okay. I mean, we talk about some of us. Yes. You know, so, you know, some of us that. They don't have the resources. They don't, you know, it's going to cost them to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. It won't cost them as much if they go to the emergency room. Yeah. So so when it gets that bad, then they'll treat me. Mm-hmm. But in the but meantime, by the time, by the t- in the meantime, mm-hmm. you're going through this stuff that you may not have to. Uh, and, and, and it's easy for us to say because we, we have resources, mm-hmm. you know. Just like some of the things that we experience in our political arena that, you know, those people have the resources. But what about the ones that don't have the resources? You know, I, I was I was I was thinking about that, man. It's like, you know, when I, I like watching stuff like Game of Thrones and mm-hmm. and Rain, mm-hmm. you know, all, all, all the things from the Renaissance time mm-hmm. and and how they from the king standpoint. Sometimes from the king's standpoint, it was hard for, you know, because they're in in the castle. Yeah. They've got everything they need. Mm-hmm. But then there's the, the ones that are doing the work in the fields and, and doing all of that. And they're living in, in these deplorable type conditions, you know, and they're scraping and scrapping to make sure that they're taken care of. Mm-hmm. Because there's no heart there. And because of that, so now, you know, they... You know, they, they don't even think twice about trying to, you know, amputate anything because, you know, just get rid of it. You just know? get rid of it. Just get rid of and get rid of them. Yes. You know, but but I'm saying now that there are resources out there for there our men, our brothers and sisters, you know, and that's why, you know, they were trying to put some of these things in place so that we could have medical and um, opportunities for us to be able to go and see a doctor. And there's resources out there. I know it's not easy, 
But there are resources. If you go to Duke, if you go to UNC, there are resource centers. There was so much stuff that was for people going through cancer treatment. Um, I just did a podcast and the lady that I was talking to, she was talking about all the resources out there. And she was like, I was so mad that I did not deal with any of those resources. And I was like, well, let me tell you, I did. They cleaned my house. They, um, as long as I was in treatment, my house was cleaned. I mean, professional. Professional, They came in because they donate their time and um, they were able to do that. I did yoga. I did meditation. I went on trips. I did all of that. And some people don't have the resources to to sit out and do those things. Right. But there are resources out there. So when people call me from Fayetteville, from Charlotte, from D.C., I ask them to go to their resource center. Call their American Cancer Society. Right. There are resources out there. Or call a friend. And on this podcast, I will make sure that I link the resources that we talked about. Um, hashtag it. Tell them there's an app out there because if we don't know, right, right, we don't know. You, you just don't know. And you, you don't just even don't know. know. What, you know that's what I've, I've, I've said that for years. You know, um, you know, you, you you don't know about a thing because you don't even know what questions to ask about a thing because you don't know. So don't be scared to ask. Don't be That's scared to ask. Just go ahead and ask. I mean, if it, if it comes to you as a question, then your answer is somewhere nearby. Near, if it, it comes again. to you, don't be afraid to ask somebody or tell somebody. You have somebody in your circle. There's somebody that you know that you can share some of this information with. You ain't got to be afraid of everybody. You know, everybody ain't trying to t- you know tell, tell your business because don't nobody really care. I mean, really, they, don't, they, don't, they don't really care. You think somebody talking about you? Ain't nobody talking about you. Don't nobody ain't nobody really talking about, about you. Like you. Ain't nobody think about you like that. <laughs> nobody think about you like that. So go you take make, care of yourself. Go take, go take care of your own self. Today, the only person talking about you is you. Is now you. go do something about it. Right, because you're the only one. You're the only one that's around you all the time. All the time, all the time. All the time. Oh my goodness, Rick, this has been great. <laughs> is there anything else that you would like to share? with um, my listeners we are going to have you again on on a live um your podcast will come out and then i'll have you a week later um on the live and we'll discuss more about not just um you know being diagnosed with cancer but I, we're going to discuss how you defining your glow that's oh, what okay. that live is about right, how right, are you right, defining right. your glow well i'm glad you i'm glad you gave me some warning because now i can think about it. How, do, <laughs> how do i define my glow Everybody asks, what what are the questions? I was like, "Mm -mm. Mm -mm. all I need to know is, is there anything off limits? (laughs) That way, when you hear it back, you won't remember what you said. You're like, did I talk about that? (laughs) Did I tear up about that? I try to make it as relaxed as possible. Yeah, this this was awesome. Um, uh, Well, you know what? It really is. uh, The one thing I would like to share is just... Just listen to what God is saying to you because he's speaking to you. You know, he really is speaking to you. He's speaking to you in your circumstance. He's speaking to you in your obstacles. He's speaking to you in what you consider your desert moments. He's speaking to you. And if you would just open up yourself and let yourself really, really tune in that frequency. I know Mm -hmm. nowadays, you know, we don't even have frequencies anymore. It's like, you know, you, you got to push the button and it goes right there. Mm-hmm. But, 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 you know, in the old days, you know, you had a tuner where you could turn the knob and then mm-hmm. and then finally you tune in. And it's clear. And it's clear. And that's where you want to be. You want to hear God clearly. And regardless of what you're doing right now, where you are, it's not too difficult. It's not too challenging for God. Mm. He is there for you and he's just waiting. He's he's giving you he's giving you some signs just <laughs> like the signs that he gives you that something going on in your body. Exactly. He's giving you signs. You just have to be realistic enough to understand that this is a spiritual thing. Because there's more to you than just your physical. There's something Amen. beyond that. Something beyond that. Listen, tune in. Tune in, right? Tune Until in. Until it's clear. Tune That's in. Right. 
Well, guys, this has been great. Thank you so much, Rick. Stay on for me. Um, I am so happy that the month of February, I'm doing all males. (laughs) All men. Good. Right? All men. So I'm so happy about that. So the glow doesn't define me, guys. I define the glow. How are you defining your glow? Thank you so much, Rick. I so appreciate it. Just stay on for me and tune in. Sound editing is provided by Josh Masters. If you like what you hear, please rate and review the podcast in iTunes. Connect with Chemo Glow on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can also find more content at chemoglow.com.